Welcome back. Back to oh. true crime. Trying. It's a we? podcast. No, oh, we are. Fuck. It is. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's a podcast. It is a podcast. I am correct. This is yeah. a podcast where three friends get together and chat about true crime, astrology, and any other weird bullshit we can fit into this podcast. I've decided I'm just going to drop the maintenance a line from the intro because I can never remember it. <laughs> they also hardly ever fucking align. They hardly fucking align. That's very <laughs> true. That's very true. <laughs> I always think about it later, whatever. We are your hosts, Hannah. Sarah. That sounded very Minnesotan. I know. Minnesotan. Like, like it did last week, too. Just like how I want to say my name. And I'm Meredith. And welcome to episode 92. Ooh. Our Valentine's Day episode. Love is dead. Okay. All right. Well, do we have any housekeeping? No one has sent me an email about their wet dream yet? Ew. Nope. I'm disappointed. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going again today. Hannah's got plans. I did have a big plan, <laughs> but this is not the episode I was planning on bringing today. Okay. Okay. Because I uh, went on a very nice vacation. I didn't write it. Hashtag self-care. Yay. Yep. Yes. So... The theme was going to be prison romances. Oh, man. I did read two books in preparation, which I will mention here just in case any of our listeners are interested in reading. The first is Women Who Love Men Who Kill, 35 True Stories of Prison Passion by Sheila Eisenberg. And it is exactly what it sounds like. Okay. (sighs) He's so damaged. I can fix him. (laughs) Honestly, it's like Sheila comes to the idea that the women are all damaged, and a lot of them kind of are. But it's a little outdated. It was first published in 1991, and the new edition includes several chapters that address how, like, technology and social media has affected prison dating. Okay. But it just kind of felt like an afterthought to me, and her, like, psychological analysis seemed a little simplistic and repetitive, but I was mostly okay. there for the stories, so the stories are there. As long as she's not just writing it up to daddy issues. A lot of it is daddy issues. But not all the time. Almost all the time in this one. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I stand corrected. Never mind. That's why I was like, it's a little repetitive. The other book is called Love Lockdown, Dating Sex and Marriage in America's Prisons by Elizabeth Greenwood. It's a better title. Yes. And fittingly, yet confusingly, it came out during the real heavy COVID lockdown time. Oh, boy. Oh. So I think it could be confusing in the title. Yeah. Everyone's like, hey, I I relate to this. (laughs) You're like, no, you do not. So this one, the author, like, herself got pretty involved in these couples' stories, especially there's one main relationship that kind of runs throughout the book. Mm-hmm. I really liked it because it kind of included all different kinds of relationships. So there's the ones where they met through a pen pal site. There's the ones where it was like a childhood acquaintance or something that they got back in touch with. Conjugal visits are all documented. And there are not that many. Most states don't have conjugal visits, what I learned from this as well. Ooh. Oh, okay. Maybe seven have them. Quick time out. As of 2022, there are four states that currently allow conjugal visits. Yeah. California, Connecticut, New York, New York. and 
Washington. Wow. Oh, hey. I could go and start a pen poll program. There was another one. It was childhood acquaintances, but in this case, the man was actually not guilty, but he had been imprisoned for 20 years. Oh, damn. And so, like, they got back in contact while he was in prison, and he was eventually released from prison, so it was really interesting to see the transition in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And then there was one that was actually a man writing to a woman who was in prison, which is much rarer. There are some really interesting stories that maybe I'll bring eventually, because they are super fascinating. All right, well, instead of all that, I am bringing you a hodgepodge of true crime stories involving couples. As well as a... Two crimes that I just found to be funny. And then I will end with a Florida man story. Yay! Yay! All right. First up, we have Texas woman charged after husband dies of suspicious illness, comma, previously investigated an ex-husband's death. Oh. And in a rare turn of events for me, they actually are all very recent cases. Okay. So Sarah Jean Hartsfield, 48, was indicted on February 3rd of this year. Wow. That is really recent. (laughs) This is February of this Uh, year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) It's It's a knife. I'm slightly slow. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Yeah. On January 7th, the police received a call from Baytown Houston Methodist Hospital, boom, 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 regarding a suspicious illness of an emergency room patient. And so this patient was 46-year-old Joseph Hartsfield, a diabetic, who came to the emergency room with extremely high insulin levels several hours after his glucose monitor started to sound the alarm. Whoa. The obituary for Joseph states that he, quote, passed away peacefully due to complications of an ischemic stroke with his loving wife at his side, mm-hmm. which we might need to reword as we learn more about Sarah. Yeah. Sarah, why? I'm going to call her Sarah Jean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's so Sarah Jean, right? Like J-E-A-N? Yes. Middle name? Okay. Okay. Because it sounds like you're saying Sarah G. Oh. Which is and like. This is you again. Yeah. Like, this isn't helping. <laughs> Okay, okay, got it. Sarah J. Sarah, yeah. All right, well, Joseph Hartsfield was Sarah Jean's fifth husband. Fifth. Wow. The first was her high school sweetheart. The second was her high school sweetheart's best friend. Oh, no. Jesus. That's never a good sign. was the man who she cheated on the high school sweetheart's best friend with. Mm. Okay. And all three men were in the army, as was Sarah Jean at that time. Um, I didn't really see any information about the fourth husband, but in between the third and the fourth husband, she was briefly engaged to a man named David Bragg. Okay. Which means that this article might be wrong, because it's not her ex-husband's death, it's her ex-fiance's death. Okay. I don't know, because David would not become her fourth husband. Instead, he was shot to death by Sarah in self-defense. Oh. Hmm. And with the new information about the suspicious circumstances of the death of Sarah Jane's fifth husband, the police in Douglas County, Minnesota, are reopening the death investigation of David Bragg. This is in Texas. Yeah. The fifth husband died in Texas. Okay, Okay. and so the fiancé died in Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. David Bragg's family made a statement, quote, His death was very random, and the circumstances that surrounded his death seemed far-fetched and almost made up. 
Unfortunately, the DA for Douglas County was not willing to take this case to trial and wrote it off as self-defense, which brought a lot of concern to us and zero closure. Was it an election year for yeah, him? Well, who mm. knows? We are hopeful that this time around, we will be able to have that closure and the knowledge that nobody else will be hurt by this woman. Mm-hmm. And I will say going from a gun to something more along the lines of poisoning does seem to be a bit of a de-escalation. Eh, but it's a lot more planning. Like a gun could be like... You still have to plan the story. Heat of passion, whatever, moment. And then poisoning takes planning and yeah. time. Conviction and I feel like to this is a poisoning murder. case, even though it's probably more of a medication tampering case, which mm, is like yeah. poisoning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Sarah Jean does not seem to be a very nice person. Her first husband, this guy, high school sweetheart, recalled the breakup of their brief marriage, saying, quote, she was just making it clear that I shouldn't leave her. She would leave me. And then oh. as it got ugly, she told me not to be surprised if I don't make it through this. <laughs> Wow, Jesus Christ. And then over the next 27 years, Sarah Jean would randomly pop up in his life to harass him and his family to the point oh my God. where he had to get a no contact order, which I think comes from the army. Okay. It's not like a, the other one. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, so. Jesus Christ. This one's super new though, so you still got to look into the fifth husband case as well and just see what that one's like, but I'm sensing a trend. Yes. All right. Next, we have wife poisoned husband with Oleander, comma, antifreeze, all for his life insurance payout. Ooh, yikes. In September 2000, police and paramedics responded to a call about a man whose wife said that he had been experiencing food poisoning-like symptoms and was afraid he was dying. She was correct. No. I mean, he may have already been dead. Because when the paramedics arrived at the scene... 41-year-old Jose Francisco Rodriguez was dead, and he led to go by Frank as his nickname. Poor Frank. Poor Frank. The police investigated, and an autopsy was performed, and there was nothing to indicate foul play. So the police were about to rule Frank's death a freak accident at this point. Okay. His wife, who had made the phone call, Angelina Rodriguez, 32, had only been his wife for five months before Frank died. Oh, man. According to her friends, she had already gotten bored of marriage, and Angelina and another one of her friends would joke around about how they could kill their husbands. (laughs) True love. Oh, my goodness. All right. After Frank's funeral, Frank's sister... Carmen Petone went to the authorities and told them that during the service, Angelina had remarked that Frank could have been poisoned with oleander. What? Why would she say it? No idea. And uh, the sister found that to be a bit odd and a bit specific. The medical examiner went back to the body. I don't know if it got exhumed or whatever. Actually, probably yes, because they were at a funeral. The body was brought back to the medical examiner and they tested it for traces of oleander. Wait, so she would have been in the clear because he was already buried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She just couldn't keep her stupid mouth shut. Well, good. Yeah. Let the let the dum-dums be dumb. Serves them right. Yeah. Well, we have a little bit of a detour into Oleander. Love Yay! it. All right. So Oleander is a toxic plant, but it is used in landscaping like everywhere in California. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it like borders all the freeways. It's, it's really all the pretty when, it, when they it, flower because it's just like a giant hedge of flowers. It was growing along the side of my yard growing up. And I 
do remember my dad specifically telling me not to roast a hot dog on an oleander twig as if that was something I was gonna do. Okay. It's a hot dog. He doesn't know. Actually, he was so, he was, I mean, he was high a lot of the time, but he was so correct about that one, actually. If Hannah's going to do anything, it's going to be death by hot dog roasting on the wrong kind of twig. That actually... Yep. I'm sorry, Dad. I thought that was a weird thing to tell me, but it wasn't. No, he knew you. He saw right through all of it and he was like, "Mm mm-mm. You were correct. Hannah, do not roast your hot dogs on an oleander twig. Well, I'll never forget it either. I'll never fucking forget it. Because that is like one of those childhood memories seared in my brain. It's just like a core memory. Uh, But children are the most vulnerable to oleander poisoning. So in 2000, two toddlers ate the leaves from a neighbor's shrubs and died. This is extremely rare, however, as oleander is extremely bitter and most people won't eat enough to die. These toddlers had been orphans before being adopted and didn't grow up in the best circumstances during those first few years. And so officials speculated that the toddlers had developed pica or is it pica? Pica, yeah. Pica. Pica. From the stress and malnutrition. So they were probably actually craving bitter flavor because yeah. that's like a lot of vitamins have bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's oh, true that's too. So and pica just makes you eat inedible things. Crazy things. Yeah. 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 So there's Aww. that. But that was like the only oleander poisoning recorded in like Los Angeles County or something. So it's yeah. pretty okay. rare, which I assume is why it wasn't tested in the autopsy. For like a grown man to not know not oh, to yeah. oleander too. Yeah. Right. Oleander is poisonous because it contains compounds that are toxic to mammals, most notably oleandrin and oleandrogenin. Okay. okay. Real original names there, guys. I know. Nailed it. Both of these compounds are classified as cardiac glycosides, which increase the output force of the heart and decrease its rate of contraction by inhibiting the sodium-potassium ATPase pump. So it's shut down your heart muscle. Yes. There's a very narrow dosage window uh, where they can be beneficial in treating congestive heart failure and cardiac arrhythmias. Whoa. I didn't know that. They don't really use it that much because it's a very narrow window. It's Yeah, that's kind of like a scary... Well, if you take one, you'll be fine. If you take two, no. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So there's other options, but it it does have... could possibly be used for that, but um, outside that dosage range, the compounds are deadly and can cause heart failure, obviously. Well, the medical examiner found traces of oleander in Frank's body, but not at levels that were high enough to cause death. Okay. So Frank had worked at Angel Gate Academy, which is a boot camp for wayward youth in San Luis Obispo. And basically after this oleander test came through and was found out not to be the cause of death, Angelina had a had a tip for the police. And she would finger Chad Holloway, who was another employee at Angel Gate Academy, saying that Chad had been in a feud with her husband. She also alleged there was sex trafficking going on at the school. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, Wow. The investigators went out to Angel Gate Academy, but left with Chad being cleared as a suspect. Um, Everyone at the school loved Frank, even Chad. No one had anything bad to say about him. Chad would mention that Frank had begun to look frail and sickly recently, quote, almost like the shell of a guy that he used to be. Oh, wow. 
Angelina was interested in Frank's $25,000 life insurance policy. That's it. It's not even, yeah. In San Luis Obispo, actually, it's not that not that much. Uh, she did make the classic mistake of making inquiries within days of the death. Oh, dumbass. Mm-hmm. I guess she got a little impatient because she needed a cause of death. Uh, the police were leaning towards freak accident. But she was like, I might as well just tell them the real one and they'll find out faster. Oh my God, so stupid. So without a cause of death, there would be no death certificate. Without a death certificate, there would be no payout. The investigators played along and believing that they were on her side, Angelina would then claim she herself had received an anonymous tip. And that tip said that the source had talked with Chad Holloway and Chad had brought up antifreeze in that conversation. Oh. Oh, did she just not like Chad? Yeah, I don't know. Just somebody to blame? Like, Jesus. What did Chad do? I mean, he's a Chad, but Chad's like, bitch. <laughs> All right. Most antifreeze is made by mixing water with ethylene glycol, or mm-hmm. in some cases with propylene glycol, which that one is considerably less toxic than ex- ethylene glycol. They actually use that as a food additive, too. They do, yeah. and it's also in your vape. Yep. Oh. And in Fireball. It's two of my oh. favorite things. <laughs> All right. The problem isn't with ethylene glycol itself. The problem is that ethylene glycol is metabolized in the liver into several very toxic compounds, including formic acid, acetic acid, and oxalic acid. Ooh. Okay. So formic acid causes damage to the optic nerve, which is very similar to how methanol, it's basically a derivative of methanol. Mm-hmm. Methanol poisoning also causes blindness, so they're working in the same type of pathway. That's why the old moonshine used to be like, could make you go blind because they don't actually have a way to filter it. Yeah. (laughs) They don't get all the methanol out and it doesn't take that much methanol to make you go blind. No. Common household vinegar is made by seriously diluting acetic acid to about four to six percent. But concentrated acetic acid can cause irritation to skin and internal membranes. And oxalic acid. (laughs) My membranes. My membranes. Oxalic acid can cause kidney failure by forcing calcium oxalate to precipitate. Mm-hmm. And about 76% okay. of kidney stones are partially or entirely made of calcium oxalate. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. You should get help immediately if someone ingests antifreeze, even if it's just a small amount. Uh, antifreeze poisoning has three stages. The first stage typically begins between 30 minutes and 12 hours and primarily affects the central nervous system. So you have more of like headaches, dizziness, maybe a sense of confusion. Oh, no. I know. I feel like that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. They're like, no, Hannah, Uh, it's not antifreeze poisoning. That's just life. Yeah. (laughs) The second stage typically begins between 12 and 24 hours after ingestion. At this point, the liver has had some time to metabolize the ethylene glycol into high concentrations of these toxic byproducts can accumulate now. Uh, So at this point, the increase in toxic acids in the bloodstream will lower the pH of the blood, leading to metabolic acidosis, uh, which itself comes with a poor prognosis, as if you're told you have metabolic acidosis, your mortality rate is around 57%. Yeah. Holy fuck. That was something that I had to keep track of with otter. 
Oh, yeah. Because once the blood starts getting too acidic, like multiple organ shutdown can happen. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking like going from a 7 to a 2. We're talking like going from a 7 to a 6.7 or something. Like it's not. Yeah. It's a narrow range of pH that you want to keep it in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. pH of 2 is like, are, are you orange <laughs> I don't even know how you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I did find a fungus at Woods Hole that grew in pH 2. I don't know yeah. why. Oh. But so these acids also began affecting the organs, especially kidneys, brains, lungs, and liver. And the patients may fall into a coma at this point. And the Mm -hmm. third stage occurs 24 to 72 hours after ingestion and will lead to permanent organ damage and or failure and or death. So since antifreeze has a sweet taste, it can be easy for a pet or a small child to accidentally drink some. What's Mm -hmm. this blue stuff? Oh, it tastes delicious. Uh, it's cotton candy flavored. Just like your vape. No, just <laughs> like your vape. I don't know if it's cotton candy flavored, but there are two antidotes for ethylene glycol ingestion. One is a medication called Fomepazole. The other is good old fashioned ethanol, which is the form of alcohol we are all currently ingesting. <laughs> Except for mm. Sarah. Sarah's <laughs> hydrating, but. No, I'm hydrating. I ingested too much last night. We're all fans of, of that boy. The preferred delivery method is intravenously, but. <laughs> yeah just like give me an iv of booze please they do yes <laughs> but no wow. way oral administration has been shown to be effective wait so why not induce vomiting is it like too late by that point or because if you go too late oh, oh i see you need okay. to do this other stuff yeah 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 because then it's no longer even in your stomach it's in your bloodstream yeah that makes sense the Duh. first is induced vomiting but yeah okay vodka or everclear are suggested for ah! this and you will be left with an extremely drunk small child or pet oh at least they'll survive they don't will worry survive. about the damage yes. uh, i was on a vet's website though and they're like you're gonna have to keep the pet here for a while it's gonna be super drunk we'll keep it from making bad choices puppy we're gonna have to rescind your keys <laughs> have you ever seen the video i think it was during halloween it's probably pretty pretty old but there was a squirrel who was super drunk because he was eating fermented pumpkins. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yes, I did. And it was like all wobbling around. I love that. Like and he's like, like kind of climbing up the tree and then like no. totally just falling <laughs> off the tree. It's like, super oh. good. I'm like, I've been there, buddy. But I know. I've also tried to climb a tree while drunk. I can't climb a tree sober. So anyway, this is your health and safety tip from True Crime Trine. Just start drinking some nice pure alcohol clean clean i'd probably do a clear one on your way to the vet or the emergency room yeah yes yes okay all that to say that in late january 2001 the medical examiner found a lethal amount of antifreeze in frank's system and his cause of death was determined to be a homicide yeah yeah so the idea is basically she first tried to poison him with oleander didn't nail it didn't work moved on to antifreeze which would be easier to poison someone with because you can mix it into drinks a lot easier it's not bitter yeah during her imprisonment before trial angelina just got into even more trouble by trying to hire a hitman to off one of her friends so that she couldn't testify against her she wanted to kill the friend that she had joked about killing her husband with because her friend was like i thought we were just joking yeah I, I was joking. Well, the hitman was actually an undercover cop. They're like oh, always yay. undercover cops. <laughs> do cops like have to like, they're like, no, I want that assignment. I know. Like, do you, like, you have to pull straws. I feel like to it's get, super like, fun because it's like punked or something. 
Yeah. 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 Like, by the way, thanks for the Fuck money, you. And now we are in a business agreement, which means that you're under arrest for blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or to catch a predator. Yeah. You're like, you're on oh, TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on January 12th, 2004, Angelina, who may be using the last name Piernock now, she was sentenced to death. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. Not gonna Where happen. Is this? California. So it was oh, okay, over for yeah. a while and the moratorium came. All right. Since you now know so much about antifreeze, don't let it go to waste. Let's go over this next story. Wife wrote letter from the grave before 2008 death. Now husband is Whoa. guilty of poisoning her with antifreeze. All right. Oh. So Julie Jensen was 40. When she died on December 3rd, 1998, leaving behind two young sons who were three and eight at the time. Mark Jensen, her husband, was convicted of first-degree intentional homicide and sentenced to life imprisonment without parole in 2008. The star witness in that trial was a letter written by Julie herself. Whoa. Wow. So Julie wrote this letter days before her death, and she gave it to a neighbor on November 21st, 1998. Okay. With instructions to take it to the police in the event of her death. Wow. Uh-huh. Like, I That's suspect so this is scary. happening. Mm-hmm. And she was right, because, like, two weeks later, she was dead. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, why didn't she go to the police I herself? I don't know. Maybe there's nothing oh, to prove. Well, no crime has been committed if she's still alive. I don't know. That they wasn't in the letter. They live with family for a while. I don't know. That's so sad. I don't know. Well, this letter includes in part, quote, If anything happens to me, he would be my first suspect. Our relationship has deteriorated to the polite superficial. I know he's never forgiven me for the brief affair I had with the creep seven years ago. With the, the creep? Creep. Hmm. She, like, had a really brief affair with, like, a co-worker who I guess was a creep. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, I do not smoke or drink. Mark wants me to drink more with him in the evenings. I don't. I would never take my life because of my kids. They are everything to me. I pray I am wrong and nothing happens, but I'm suspicious of Mark's suspicious behavior and fear for my early demise. Well, Mark's conviction was overturned and his sentence was vacated in 2021. No way. After the Wisconsin Supreme Court agreed with Jensen and his lawyer's argument that the letter was overly prejudicial and should not have been included in the trial it falls under hearsay and violates the sixth amendment the right to confront your accuser no way uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. well at that point can the accuser be the neighbor right it's hearsay the neighbor didn't witness it yeah i don't even know if they read the letter to be honest i would peek don't give me a letter <laughs> Fucking Wisconsin. Well, prosecutors immediately went for a second trial. Good. This one, the letter would be inadmissible, though. What? Yeah, but there was still a lot of evidence that looked bad for Mark, including some jailhouse confessions, records of internet searches for poison, to which I have to say, nobody better die of poison around me because I am fucked. (laughs) Yeah, really. Same. Oh, dear. And he had a lot of unresolved anger about her brief affair. Well, then get a divorce. Yeah. Jesus. The prosecution would contend that Mark first poisoned his wife with antifreeze and then smothered her with a pillow as she entered phase two of antifreeze poisoning and was struggling to breathe. Oh. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He also smothered her in their marriage bed. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. Did his internet searches also include burking? 
What's burking? The pillow over a head because it just looks like suffocation, but there's no, there's no like oh. throat, nose clamping. There's no bruising or anything. Maybe. Back in the days of when like oh, cadavers were, ex- yes. yeah. Sorry, I was spelling it wrong in my head. No, you're fine. Yes, totally. I think he gave her antifreeze to make her like sick and struggling to survive. And then just smothering her with a pillow would leave like no really obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm indications that it was a murder the defense would argue that julie jensen had died by suicide and framed her husband oh in a that's very tiny bit of evidence it was shown that julie had seen a therapist at least three times which is nothing for depression <laughs> she had also been aware that her husband was having his own extramarital affair that was present tense and not past tense at that time. Mm, Piece of shit. Mark would eventually marry this woman and she would be given custody of the two sons after Mark was sentenced. Oh no. In any case, I do think it's an interesting idea and it's actually extremely gone girl. Except she actually died. Spoilers. But even without the letter, Mark Jensen was found guilty for the second time of the murder of his wife on February 1st, 2023. All right. Oh, another recent. All right. Let's briefly cover Missouri man who fatally shot wife in-laws because they wouldn't leave sentenced to life, which is basically exactly what it sounds like. (laughs) Okay. On March 20th, 2021, Jesse Hugh, 50, would murder his wife, Tanya Hugh, 48, and her parents, Ronald, 71, Linda, oh. 78, Kohler, by shooting them twice in the head. Oh my Jeez. god. Like execution style? Yeah, basically. But why? Let me tell you. Fuck. <laughs> A poor, like, older in-law, just like grandparents. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fucking monster. It's like the opposite of those in-law horror stories. Yeah. Which is why it caught my eye. Well, Jesse turned himself in. He told the dispatcher that he had shot them because, quote, they wouldn't leave. I've been waiting for a week for them to leave, and they wouldn't leave. I've had enough. <laughs> You're going to leave one way or another. Oh, my God. And then to make it worse, Tanya's parents were visiting to help out because Tanya had just had back surgery. What? Wow. And Jesse was upset because he found his in-laws to be disrespectful. Oh, fuck off. He was upset with his wife because she was defending her parents and not taking his side. Because he probably wouldn't have even taken care of her. No. I don't think this man, I don't think so. Mm -mm. The final straw came on March 20th when Jesse told his in-laws that they had to be out by 5 p.m. that night. And then his (laughs) wife contradicted him and told them that they could stay. And then Jesse stomped off to get his gun and killed the three of them. That's like a stupid level of power trip in his head that like, no, it's my house, my rules. You got to go. They've been there for a week. I'll show I, you. God. It'll be a little more understanding if it was like six months or something. They had come yeah. for a week and they stayed yeah. for six months, but they were there to help out Tanya post No, probably surgery. though, because he was sick and tired of like them standing up for their daughter. Probably. And being yeah. like, no, you need to take care or of her. She is literally her. recovering. Yeah, exactly. And like, he's like, no, I want a sandwich. <laughs> Jesus. And I don't want you to make it so i don't know yeah no kidding yeah i want i want my wife to make me the sandwich even if she just my wife surgery (laughs) my wife my wife well conclusion make your own fucking sandwich jesse 
Love is dead. Well, he won't be having any sandwiches anymore. Yay. Oh, that kind of sandwiches anymore. Well, actually, he probably will have sandwiches at jail. That's he was like jail food. He's not going to get a good sandwich. He'll get bologna. Oh, he'll get a bologna sandwich for sure. Yeah. All right. So, love is Sounds dead. Like the kind of guy that would like a bologna sandwich. He well, looks like a guy me. that would like a bologna sandwich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So, love is dead. Yay. Oh. But I do have a palate cleanser if you would still like to gaze lovingly into your partner's eyes. So let's talk about embezzlement. All right. First, we have the headline, two Indiana Dollar General employees accused of lowering prices. And for some reason, okay, it was absolutely hilarious to me just reading that. (laughs) And it was, yeah. How dare you? Yes. So these women would lower the price of an item in the system and then purchase that item at the reduced cost. It was the Dollar (laughs) General, though, where the prices were already quite low. Like a dollar? No. Is it not a dollar store? They have it raised is, their but prices. they're not all a dollar. Okay. Yeah. It's like all a right. buck 25. The losses overall were relatively minor. 1700 from Amber Smith, who was 23, and 4600 from Caitlin Wells, who was 19, which actually seems pretty impressive. Wow. That's a lot of... That is, yeah. What the That's fuck a lot of work. Buy? That's a, a lot dollar of work. General. Yeah. And then you're just buying the item. Yeah. It wasn't they made the money. They lost Dollar General that much money. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. There seems to be an entire employee price lowering ring at this particular Dollar General. Uh- <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Where? Wait, okay. Wait, wait, wait. What town in Indiana? I don't know. I have family in Indiana. <laughs> well, they uh, were taken into the Vanderburg County Jail, if that helps. Okay, let me look. So the police are still investigating this whole scheme. Uh, Amber and Caitlin were both arrested, booked, and later released from Vanderburg County Jail. And as this article came out on January 30th, 2023, I don't have any more information. All right. This next person shot for the stars, though, which does kind of tie in with the previous case because Amber Wells appears to have some terrible tattooed stars on her chest. Oh, no. Oh, this headline reads, Illinois school employee allegedly stole over 11,000 cases of chicken wings, 1.5 <gasps> million from district. Why does she need that many chicken wings? I don't know. Chicken wings are delicious. They are delicious, but... Where are you going to store that many? Not so many. Well, she wasn't feeding the children. Aww. Puppies? I don't know if you should give chicken wings to puppies. They have tiny little bones in them. Yeah. Oh, I was just picturing like chicken nuggets. Never mind. Oh, Oh. no, there's bones that will come up later. Uh, This fraud was started during the height of COVID when students were not able to attend school in person, but the school district was continuing to provide meals. Oh, she's stealing from the babies. That's really sad. No, they were also fed because Vera Liddell was caught after the school district had an audit and found that it was $300,000 over the allotted food budget. So some of the food was going to the children still. Okay. Okay. The business... Just not the fucking chicken Just wings. not the fucking chicken wings. And this is why. Okay. The business manager, quote, discovered individual invoices signed by Liddell for massive quantities of chicken wings, an item that was never served to students because they contained bones. Never thought of that. Yeah. And she was well known to the distributor... Quote, due to the massive amount of chicken wings she would purchase. Jesus Christ. It's like a no, chicken, you're the chicken wing lady. drug ring. I don't know. <laughs> and Vera Liddell does not look sorry in her mugshot. <laughs> She's just like smug, like, yeah. Yes. And just to be clear, 
She did not steal 11,000 cases of chicken wings and $1.5 million. She purchased $1.5 million of chicken wings using the district school district's account. Okay, that makes and sense. And unfortunately, the article did not let me know what happened to all the chicken wings. Was she like, uh, trying to start up a business? They would go really get chicken wing truck. They would go bad. Yeah, they That's would. That's too yeah. many to, to buy it with. That's too many. Unless they're frozen. Yeah, I don't know. You just get a warehouse with a bunch of deep freezers. Yeah, maybe she had that. I don't know. Did they find the chicken wings? I also don't know. And we're going to have to wait to find out because this was a very, very recent crime. And the article was published February 2nd of this year. Oh, Oh my God. I need to know. I know. I I love this woman, to be honest. I don't know what she was doing because she only got chicken wings, not money. Yeah. Unless she was selling on the chicken wing black market. Which I don't think exists. That's what makes me wonder. Like, I think she was probably trying to sequester enough to start up her own, like, catering business or something. Or a wing truck. And then, yes, she would have to have some sort of freezer facility set up somewhere. Yeah. But unknown if she had that. Crazy. (laughs) Fucking crazy. It was insane. All right. Let's wrap it up with Florida Man. Yay! Florida Man allegedly pulls out gun because his wing stop order wasn't ready. Oh my god. Tie into the previous case because it's wings. God damn it, I want my chicken wings. I have been in a similar situation with the Davis wing stop. So I do somewhat understand Matthew Davis, 35. Hannah can concur, especially if it was hot dogs even. Oh, I'd be fucking furious. (laughs) Where is my goddamn hot dog? Why does it take so long to make one? (laughs) Matthew had placed an online order that was supposed to be ready at 8.58 p.m. Matthew arrived at Wingstop at 9.40 p.m. That part I don't understand. Yeah, he was late. They probably just ate his order. They might have, because he was unhappy that his order wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. And then for about 15 minutes, surveillance video shows him getting increasingly agitated and pacing around the room. Um, An employee tried to placate him by offering a free drink, which is honestly insulting. Yeah. That's fucking nothing. The company didn't... Five pe- I, I hate it. That was insulting. That's cents on the dollar, sir. He snapped at 9.55 p.m., so about an hour later, when he was told his food required even more time. And being an hour behind on wings at a restaurant that only fucking makes wings is a bit of a disgrace, I do agree. Were they getting ready to shut down or something? I have no idea. Like, maybe they'd already cooled down the ovens and, like, their fryer and had to reheat the oil and... Why was it an know. hour later? yeah. But but I have also gotten my chicken wings about an hour later from the Davis. Also, I don't know about you, but like every wing stop I've ever been to is basically run by teenagers. Yes. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are not learning good business skills. Matthew overreacted quite a bit mm-hmm. by going out to his car, grabbing his gun, and walking back to the restaurant to show the employees that he was not playing around. I am not fucking around give me some fucking wings man i basically waited almost half an hour outside a wing stop for my wings and i was like what's happening here (laughs) before it escalated any further his girlfriend managed to convince him to put the gun back in the car it's just a chicken wing he's like jesus it's not worth going to jail sir matthew would tell detectives that the gun was unloaded and that he only wanted to intimidate the employees And also that he was, quote unquote, stressed as his mother had died a few weeks prior. Uh, Okay, but that doesn't necessarily justify that behavior. But that is kudos for trying to use your uh, mother's death to get out of this. But yeah, no, that's not. (laughs) Yeah, 
I could imagine that, like, his world is upside down and nothing really makes sense anymore. And, like, that could have just been, like, the straw that broke the camel's back. But yeah, that he also minor thing looks like a man who really likes chicken wings. And by that, I mean he does not have a chin. Oh. And he, his neck is as white as his face. I mean, I don't have a chin either, but it's still kind of there sometimes. His is gone. Matthew was arrested on January 25th, 2023 on two counts of assault with a deadly weapon, and he posted bond the next day, and that's where that stands. Oh, my God. And then he went and got some chicken wings from another wing Another place. God damn it. Not these chicken wings. Jesus Christ. So that's what I have. Wow. Just random. <laughs> now I'm kind of hungry for chicken wings. I am not too. actually hungry. Yeah. So there's that. Food pairing. Go to Wingstop, guys. We highly recommend it. They're very timely. I love it. I love chicken wings. Love is dead, but chicken wings are also dead, but are delicious. also dead. <laughs> All right. Well, ass news. Slash ass witchy news. bullshit news. Because first, I cannot believe that I forgot to mention that it was in bulk last week, and I forgot to mention it on the podcast, which is one of those pagan celebrations. Oh, okay. One of the sabbats. But not to worry, I haven't celebrated either, because I was on vacation. And I plan Mm -hmm. to make Irish soda bread soon, which is doubly appropriate, as in bulk is generally associated with the Celtic goddess Brigid, slash the Saint Brigid of Christianity's remaking. Okay. Imbolc is somehow relates back to Gaelic word, and so it's when um the sheep and cows start producing milk again. It's that point in the year. Mm, okay. Because uh, I guess obviously they didn't produce milk year round back in the day. They and so this was like the first like onset of spring to them. It's not a very exciting sabbat, but it is still something to do. All right, Thursday, February sixteenth, Pallas goes direct in Cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pallas. Is a cat. Palace cat? Yes. So go back to our palace cat episode for more information on palace. But it is <laughs> the asteroid of wisdom and intelligence. Um, yes. So this might help us ground some of those grand ideas that we come up with while Mercury is in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. And Cancer is a dreamy and creative sign. So don't forget that there are multiple kinds of intelligence. And you might feel a spike in your creative, musical, or artistic energy. Well palace is drifting through cancer i'm gonna decorate my office sweet and then on saturday february 18th the sun enters pisces pisces hi sarah it me i didn't write anything else down (laughs) get ready to sleep Ooh, down get ready to sleep turn yourself into the new groundhog day groundhog yes six more weeks of hibernation yeah so that happens and also creative dreams and Mm -hmm. yeah all of that yeah. And eating. This yeah. sounds great. I have a little bit more on the sun entering Pisces. So, you know, as the sun enters Pisces, we're going to start to feel the thaw of winter. And we are getting ready for that more sunshiny energy of the Pisces. So, Like in bulk. We are going to be more compassionate. We're going to be more gentle for the next four weeks as we transition from winter to spring. But we are also going to be very dreamy and a little hazy yeah hazy (laughs) well maybe palace direct in cancer might help the haziness a little but it might push you more towards napping Napping. art (laughs) take a little cat nap take a palace cat nap your business work yeah all right on sunday february 19th is a big day for romance and this is actually for romance so 
first. Oh, okay. There will be a new moon in Pisces. Mm-hmm. New beginnings. Pisces love romance and new moons love new beginnings. So this is an excellent day for a first date with a potential love interest or just for injecting some romance into your current relationship. Because at the same time, Venus a planet of love and relationships, will be entering Aries today. And so those Aww. those first date, new beginning vibes could blossom into relationships. And these relationships might be passionate, interesting. They'll keep you on your toes just like an Aries would. Uh, so spice up your life during this month of Venus being an Aries. Ask that person out on a date or whatnot. Set it up for Do Sunday it. night. However, if you need me today, I will be isolating in my house. <laughs> okay. Okay. So there is also that. But open your heart or don't. It's up to you. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. Yeah, that seems solid. Go get some chicken wings. Go get some chicken yeah, wings. Yeah, chicken wings sound so good. Okay, listeners. Well, let us know what your favorite type of chicken wing are because there's different kinds of chicken wings and different sauces. I like original hot and garlic parmesan. Ooh, yeah. Both of those are solid. Absolutely solid. But do you like the flats or do you like the drumettes? I am a total little bitch and I always get boneless. Those aren't wings, Hannah. Those are nuggets. (laughs) That's a chicken nugget. Those are nuggets. Well, Wingstop gives me the option. It's the adult kids meal. I know I'm a little bitch, but like, it's just easier. I can eat all the meat. Nothing's left behind. They're also breaded, so I can't have those anyway. Ah, I like the breading. That's another reason why I get them. Because it's like a grown-up chicken nugget, and that is a win in my book. It's not a grown-up chicken nugget. It's still just a chicken nugget. Yeah. Let us know what your favorite type of chicken wings are, and if you're a fan of the flats or the drumettes, we Do you would like love Valentine's Day, or do you not like Valentine's Day? We're just going to skip over that and just talk about chicken wings. Do you like Chicken Wings Day, or do you not like Chicken Wings Day? We are there replacing go. Valentine's Day with Chicken Wings Day. You can reach us on Twitter at True Trine, on Instagram at True Crime Trine, Facebook at TCT Podcast. Email us directly at truecrimetrine at gmail.com. And then check out our website, www.truecrimetrine.com. Bye. Bye. Music for our podcast was handcrafted by the talented and creative minds of Mike Warren and Pete Ortega. Our artwork was imagined and skillfully designed by the lovely Sarah Guest. As for production, well, they call me post-production. Show notes are available upon request. Just email truecrimetrine at gmail.com. Join us again next week for another tantalizing episode.